You're listening to John's Cut, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian footy team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And made uh, another win in the chat, uh, which is great, but um, all a bit too late, unfortunately. And um, we actually got beaten pretty convincingly in the centre clearances. Uh, not surprising, I guess, with uh, Dylan Shield, uh, who leads the lead leads the league in uh, clearances this year, um, being a laid out. And also, obviously, we know Darcy Parrish is out and Andy McGrath was out. But, um, yeah, it was more our back line that saved the day and set us up well going forward. Yeah, it certainly was, mate. Um, I mean, like, and it was a shellacking, like 42 to our 22 clearances. Uh, set of clearances in particular, uh, 20 to them, 6 to us. Um, so really got pantsed. And I, I think, you know, as much as you can say, yep, we, we had those players out, James, um, yeah, we do have enough ball winners. I would have liked to have seen, you know, a, a, yeah, Corwell and Hobbs, um, you know, go in because we know they're not uh, they're not shy going for a contest, mate. Um, so, uh, yeah, in any case, um, yeah, got spanked there, but we're able to sort of, Win it back and um, yeah, come out with the uh, I suppose better better possession rate at the end of the day, um, uh, and you know play a lot more I suppose controlled footy like and, and that's sort of demonstrated by you know marks like we had one hundred and thirty six to eighty five so like fifty odd more marks is you know pretty big discrepancy there. Uh, going inside fifty, we had you know quite a few opportunities, um, but uh, yeah. There's a, it's sort of a, a funny game, James. Um, like it's great to win by like eight goals. Um, yeah, you'd never sneeze at that. But yeah, with these wins late in the season, um, I, I kind of find it hard to get up and about. Um, yeah, as, as sort of negative as that sounds. Yeah, but I think you're always at a hiding to nothing when you play bottom of the ladder, and mm. you really can only lose when you have that because. Yeah, you win by 10 goals even, they'll say, well, you expected to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. The only way you can feel fulfilled is if you win by, you know, probably 20 goals or, you know, 100 points or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, for us, uh, it's more the style of play we've been playing with. Um, you know, this is, you know, poles apart what we were playing early in the year, and, which was just horrible football. Yeah. Um, and every time I listen to the players, oh, we've stripped it back, you know, we've un- uncomplicated things, you know. Well, why was it so complicated and why did it take so long to realise, hey, this isn't working? Because some of the rubbish we had to put up with, you know, the first half of the year was pretty much unbearable. Um, yeah, it was. And they also saying, oh, you know, a lot more guys are on board now. Like, that's, that's pretty pox, mate. Um, you know, you had six months to work on whatever game plan it was. Why weren't people buying in? And that, like, if, if people weren't buying into it, that's a pretty selfish um, sort of individualistic uh, footy side uh, for mine. Like, if if not everyone was willing to do their bit, because um, it's a team game after all, mate. So, it's kind of disappointing to hear those things. Like, yes, it's good they're starting to put some better performances in, and if they are, you know, gelling as a side, which I really hope they are, um, that's all great. But it's happened far too late, um, yeah, to salvage uh, much really from this season. So we can only hope that they can uh, carry some kind of form going into next next year. And don't get me wrong, like it is good to get the win. Um, you want to build a, a winning culture. Um, but 
yeah, it's just, I guess after the whole year, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I among many other Bomber fans are, uh, you know, feeling a bit uh, like, you know, where was this at the start of the year? So, um, yeah, forgive my negativity, but uh, yeah, it was good to get the get the win over North. Yeah, that's right. Look, at, you know, it's good to win. Um, that's the thing about Essendon. We don't do anything really great, like even tanking. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were looking at a top three draft figures. Uh, now going to stretch out just seven or eight. Well, well, see, up. that's a that was a clever thing. Like always, thinking <laughs> up there, mate. Because uh, even though we won by eight goals, we'll still um, blow Hawthorne on the ladder in percentage. So, um, yeah, it's <laughs> playing uh, well, the long game. We got wins against the Giants and the power to come, mate. So, um, yeah, I don't know how we're going to keep going. But, uh, <laughs> That's a lot of confidence, mate. I can just hear Essendon say, hold my beer. <laughs> no, nah, mate. Um, yeah, I, I tipped us to win three over the last four. And, you know, uh, I don't think Richmond are anything to be too scared of. We might not win the whole set, mate. But, um, mm. yeah, just to tease us ultimately to be, yeah. <laughs> You know, said it's on the edge of our seats being 10 and 12. But, um, yeah, I guess that's all the play out. But, look, ultimately, um, it was a game we should win. We won. Um, you know, a lot of it was, you know, as I say, from the strength of our back line, you know, through the backs of uh, Mason Redmond. Uh, Brendan Zerk Thatcher continued mm-hmm. his great form. Uh, he's been fantastic down there, mate. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the run of... You know, Hind, you know, Kelly's really been stopping the smaller forwards. So, yeah, that back line's really been strong. And even though we are beaten in the clearances, um, you know, when the ball got forward, um, I think we got seven goals between um, Stewart, uh, you know, obviously Peter Wright and Harry Jones. So, um, yeah, not a bad setup when you get you know, seven goals out of your three tall forwards. Absolutely, mate. Um, nah, and it's good to have a a few options. We don't have to, you know, rely on, you know, one player uh, to do it all. Um, so when they're, they're chiming in with a, a couple each, um, you know, Stringer bobs up with five and, um, yeah, it is good to see, a, um, you know, a, a larger range of um, guys. And, you know, obviously Zachy Merrick got on the scoreboard as well, so, which is fantastic. And with regards to Zerk Thatcher, mate, um, look, you know, if he can keep this up, I'm more than happy to admit that I was r- – I was I was wrong um, because he has played really solidly, mate. Um, mm, and uh, momental, well, like I really, I, I reckon he's been great. Um, you know, since uh, you know, I think that Sydney game really convinced me. You know, he came of age in that game, mm. really stood up when it counted. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, all in all, um, you know. One of our big signings, mate, or potential signings, looks like it's gone through, uh, you know, the things that's not going to happen. Um, with Angus Brayshaw signing on with the Ds. Yep. But um, if we can add a few nice pieces, mate, there's no reason why, you know, we can't um, climb up the ladder next year. Um, but, you know, uh, I think currently uh, what's really standing out to me is we'd love a... Uh, a crafty or speedy Aboriginal goal sneak, mate, with the, mm. um, you know, Anthony McDonald tip Woody, uh, obviously uh, announcing his retiring, uh, retirement much earlier than we anticipated. Um, but I think we've 
you know, looks like we've got a few potential ones coming in, you know, with the Davy twins. And, um, yeah, I think that would really set up our forward line even better. Yeah, I mean, we've got to hope for that. I mean, I, I personally feel like they're, they're quite slight. Um, so it'll probably take them a while to, um, you know, get AFL, you know, ready in terms of their bodies. Um, but it would be good to have that sort of excitement coming through. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, while it's, yeah, you'd love a Brayshaw, um, and obviously we're sort of uh, sniffing around a few options, going after Dunkley again and all the rest of it. Um, it is good we're at least asking the question. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty happy, you know, it seemed like we asked the question to uh, to Jones um, and, uh, you know, he politely declined and decided he wants to join the, the Bulldogs if, uh, uh, you know, if, that vaccination thing comes in for him. Um, and personally, I've like it was. It was good we asked the question, I guess, to suss out everyone. But um, yeah, if we we're bringing in a thirty odd year old uh, defender, uh, yeah, that'll be taking away games from you know, your Zach Reeds, your Zerk Thatchers, uh, and all the rest of it. So um, yeah, I guess we've got a, a bit to look forward to, um, you know, in the off season. But um, yeah, mm. and I guess yeah, you do look at our list. Yeah, we've got a lot of real good young talent. So uh, that shouldn't be be lost as um, as much as everyone might say, bloody hell, that Nick's a bloody negative bugger. Um, <laughs> um, I do uh, fully acknowledge we do have a lot of um, really good young talent on the list, but it's it's up to, you know, the, the coaches and, um, you know, everyone involved in the footy club to develop that talent appropriately. And, uh, yeah, certainly if we can add, you know, some electric forward craft, um, that'd be an absolute winner, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a little way off currently. Yeah, I will say that um, I will say that you know, seeing Menzi play on this game, you know, I think he showed a little bit. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, that bullet past the Stewart, I think it was, yeah. uh, was fantastic, and um, yeah, he had a real go. So, um, you know, that's the kind of player we should have been using our sub on, mate. If you know what I mean, like a dynamic player who can. Come in and have an impact. Um, yeah, so. get uh, get ten possessions in in a half of footy, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is... that's right. So that's what I mean. Like it's the yeah, roll the dice there. But um, mate, um, we're gonna have a special guest today. Um, we're gonna have Dan Eddy, who's a historian and uh, author, who's written many books, uh, many associated around the Essendon Football Club, but also other sporting teams and uh, obviously other sports, but. Uh, Dan uh, is, yeah, really to be admired. Uh, he's released so many uh, non-fiction books uh, in such a short span of time, and uh, he's keeps a Facebook page, mate. And um, yeah, when he's on, we can ask him about it. But um, on every every day, he posts um, whose birthday it is of the you know of the previous Bombers players and current Bomber players. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, he goes right back, you know. Right since the club started. So, um, you know, uh, many are accompanied by a photo. Uh, he apologises to the players in 1897. They uh, <laughs> didn't quite have the photos there. But, um, yeah, many players um, are pictured and, you know, announced their birthdays. And it's a really nice post to see today. Yeah, that'll be brilliant. I mean, it's a great get, um, James. So, um, yeah, good on you for reaching out to Dan Eddie and yeah, thank him in advance for. Mm. Uh, for coming on, which is fantastic. And hopefully, you know, our, our listeners will uh, 
enjoy the break from listening to us just gob on for a while. Um, <laughs> but it'll be great to hear uh, the insights of, of Dan Eddy. So, um, no, good get, Jane. All right. Well, let's get into the analysis of the game quickly uh, so we can get into our interview. So, mate, um, what did you expect before the game started? Were you expecting a big win? Were you... Um, you obviously heard about Dylan Shield being out. And, mm. um, yeah, what did that change in your thoughts towards the game? Yeah, I, I guess for mine, um, it looked like an opportunity for us to try some new blokes in there. Got like a chance for you know, blokes like um, uh, you know Colwell, Hobbs to get in there and um, have a bit more proper centre uh, centre bounce time. Um, uh, but also, you know, it gave the opportunity for Archie Perkins to to come in. And I did worry whether he was coming back a bit early into the AFL. Uh, I'm sure the club would have, you know, liked to, um, you know, hold him off for a little bit longer um, because, uh, you know, coming back from injury, you never know how much they're going to... And I think he only played the half of footy in the VFL the week before. So, um, you know, I think definitely from the night, he was, he was better from the run. Um but definitely wasn't up to his uh, yeah, normal sort of high standards. But um, it was good to see him out there. But in terms of the actual game itself, I uh, yeah, Essendon's got a, a pretty uh, consistent vein of form in uh, allowing those teams that we should beat comfortably into the game. Um, so I guess the thing I wanted to see was us be able to you know shut down those challenges and. Uh, and actually win and win comfortably. And and I will say that the boys, you know, did that eventually. I think North really came at us pretty hard. Like they were playing pretty aggressive. Um, yeah, blokes like Zerha were, were cracking in uh, pretty hard. Anderson, um, yeah, I thought that battle between Anderson and Kelly was, was fantastic. Um, none of them given an inch. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess it was on us to show a bit of composure. Yeah, despite them coming out, with that aggression, um, to be able to use the footy better, um, and you know, almost, um, you know, show that resilience that's required, um, you know, when the when the whips start cracking. And I think you know, overall we did that. I think our ball use going inside fifty was still, yeah, left a bit to be desired, mate. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, you know, you couldn't complain with um, you know, what was, yeah, what happened on the night. Yeah. And uh, the game started and we had uh, Jake Stringer kick the first of his five goals. Mm. Um, and from where I was sitting at first, I thought, oh, the North players rushed it through. But Jake celebrated and I thought, well, he knows he can't pull the goal umpire, so he must have thought oh, he got he, a boot to it. He'd give uh, it a crack, though, surely. <laughs> so obviously he went to the score review and quite clearly he did get a – Bit of his foot to it, mate, after the North player touched the boy. Touched oh, the ball. Very, uh, the very tip of his toe, and uh, <laughs> well done for Stringer to getting onto that. And I will say, James, like that first bounce, like it was great we, we got the clearance, but uh, Draper's kick was an absolute mung. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's capable of, you know, the best and the worst kind of football, Draper, but we definitely love his energy. So, um, mm. um, yeah, then we saw yeah North hit back, um, yeah out of the square, and and Bailey Scott, yeah, he really got quite an easy run at the footy inside fifty, um, and yeah was able to kick it through. Uh, Larky um, had a shot and goal, and yeah, fortunately he missed, and um, yeah he missed soon after as well. Like uh, I was sort of rushed behind, and 
then we saw uh, you know, Stringer have another kick for goal, uh, but it was touched for a minor score. And yeah, I don't know what it looked for you, um, um, you know, at the ground, Jane, but to me, it's like, oh, Jakey's on tonight. Yeah, he looked up and about. Um, yeah, I think uh, there's a bit of criticism against the Pies. You know, probably mm-hmm. a few people probably thought he could have played a bit better than he did on the day. But um, yeah, he was out the out the fire on the day, and um, yeah, yeah, I think about 20 minutes into the first term, yeah, he kicked three goals, one, which was pretty much our whole score. Yeah, um, yeah. They kicked his second goal, obviously. Um, Followed quickly by his third. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, I will say, like, it was Redmond. You know, he took that huge grab um, and then he laced out Stringer. Um, so, like, Redmond was obviously up and about as well. Um, you know, Stringer kicking his third when Guelphie uh, gave him the hands off in the pocket. And, uh, yeah, you just thought, oh, bloody hell, here we go. Um, unfortunately, Zerha got one back for, for North before... Um, you know, Corbell showed some really good pressure on uh, Davies Uniac uh, on the boundary line to sort of nudge the ball out, and that was called deliberate. And uh, Corbell centered the ball nicely to Big Stuz, uh, who marked at the highest point, James, and uh, kicked the goal. Yeah, welcome back, James Stewart, and playing up forward too. So, uh, which is a different setup to what we've had all year. Haven't really had the three big, uh, tall forwards. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was. Ex- that was uh, something different and obviously went back and kicked a nice goal. And then we saw Kyle Langford, mate. We did, mate. Um, you know, just after Stuart took another big grab and, um, yeah, going forward and ball ended up in Langford, who snapped a really nice goal with his left, James. Um, yeah, fantastic kick. Um, yeah. Then we uh, went forward again, uh, but as Anderson was really getting into Kelly, uh, yeah, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly seemed to... Uh, Go for a grab an Anderson's ponytail. Um, but uh Anderson was given a free free kick because that was you know above the shoulders. But I just wanted to say on that one, Jane, um, you know, Anderson was just pushing uh Kelly straight into the ground, like Kelly was on his back, couldn't get up, uh, and he kept pushing him in. And I think, you know, really we should be protecting, you know, the bloke mm-hmm. on the ground there. Um, yeah, obviously I'm on bias, you know, being Essendon and, and mm-hmm. Kelly playing in the red and black, but I just think in those sorts of positions. You got to let the player up to their feet. Yeah, yeah. There shouldn't be a free whack, you know, like because um, this is what where things boil over sometimes. So mm. yeah, the umpires could take a bit more control of that. Yep. Uh, fortunately, you know, even though Anderson got the free kick, he uh, he missed bloody everything. Um, and then uh, North had another couple of chances uh, up forward. You know, one was touched on the line behind, um, and it was really great effort from Hind to to sort of bust a gut to to get there. Um, and then the other chance came from Larky, who uh, marked on the siren, uh, but missed the kick, which was fortunate for us. So at the end of the quarter, we were up by 15. So five goals, one thirty-one to their two goals, four sixteen. Yeah, so it was a good start. But, you know, North had had their opportunities and, you know, probably had more shots at goal ultimately in that quarter. Um, but, uh, you know, we still had a pretty nice lead. But, um, you know, going into the second term, uh, Zerha would add his second. Yeah, he did, mate. Um, yeah, he just waltzed in and kicked that one. Um, we saw Simkin have a ping, but he missed. Um, but I will say, like, coming out of that second quarter, I think we all looked pretty fumbly. Um, you know, any time we grabbed the footy, we seemed to 
dropping it. And, uh, you know, both sides seem to be uh, coughing up the footy pretty regularly. Um, and then we saw Stringer then look to be uh, lining up a snap, but he, he just dropped the footy, mate. I reckon he just got too excited and, uh, you know, he spent it before he had it. Um, but fortunately, uh, Colwell did get the footy after a ball up, got it to Stewart, who went back to kick his second. Yeah, and uh, again, um, it was paying dividends, playing that, having that third tall option for goal, uh, even though they weren't all on the same on the ground at the same time. They seemed to be rotating the second forward with Peter Wright, and you know, would be going Harry Jones would have a spell, and then James Stewart would come back on. Mm. So we're rotating him through, but it was proving to be, you know, we were proving to outsize North, uh, especially going forward. But again, North were dancer pretty quickly afterwards. Yeah, that's it. Um, I mean, we were pretty fortunate with uh, Zerhar and Goldstein having shots and goal, but missing. But uh, and Snelling gave away 50 metres uh, for not standing on the mark. Um, you know, pretty. Uh, obviously had a brain fart, um, yeah, to basically give North a goal there. But I will say before that, James, uh, you know, we looked to be having a nice run in the middle uh, before Langford handballed to Perkins in the middle of the ground. And I think it was just a lack of gameplay from Perkins. He just dropped the, the handball. Like it wasn't a, you know, one of his toes or anything like that. It was straight towards his chest. Um, and unfortunately, North pounced on it. So I'm sure he'll clean that up. I've got no worries about that. Um, but, you know, those sorts of, you know, mistakes can cost you. But then we saw um, you know, Redmond again taking some nice marks down back and he released Hind who burst through to pump it inside 50 and this time Harry Jones got up and marked and kicked the goal. Yeah, good goal by Harry. And um, yeah, after that miss against Collingwood uh, with our last shot at goal last week, I'm sure he would have felt some relief now to steer it through the big sticks. Absolutely, mate. And then we saw, uh, you know, Redmond, you know, really use a bit of ferocity. He uh, he tackled Zebel with the footy. He dropped it, but that wasn't paid. So he went again. And this time, I think he might have taken uh, Davis Uniac, James, and uh, that tackle was rewarded. We went forward to Stringer, who marks just outside 50. Unfortunately, his, uh, his kick was short, and we ended up with a minor score. But I just thought it was fantastic work from Redmond to, um, you know, his second and third efforts there. Um North then rushed through another point for us um, as we kept attacking before Hobbs hit Perkins uh, right on 50, who uh, released Redmond, who came through and pumped the goal. Yeah, it's a common sight, these ones. Uh, they give the hands off to Red, Redders as he's running towards goal. And, um, yeah, a bit of unawareness from North there. Um, I'm sure that the good side will be looking out for that. Um, but North were quick enough and, yeah, uh, yeah, slam that home. Did mate. Uh, we went forward again, um, and with the ball inside fifty, Draper got pretty excited and uh, <laughs> just threw yeah, it on the boot. And he, I don't think he had any awareness of where the goals actually were, mate. Um, <laughs> but somehow he, he managed a point. Um, our next score came through Perkins, who looked to be running in. You know, he could have really run in all the way. You reckon, James? Yeah. Uh, but he sort of kicked from twenty five out on the angle and and missed. But you know. Uh, you'll you'll sort of take that from Perkins. You know he'll he'll uh, he'll dob, you know them more often than not. Uh, and then we saw Durham go for a great run, um, you know, on the wing, and he delivered to Snelling, who hit Stewart in the pocket, and he smartly centered the footy to Langford, who uh, kicked the goal. Yeah, two goals to Kyle Langford in the first half, and um, 
again, he's another one who's a bit down against the pies. Mm. So I'm glad he was, uh, you know, responded with second goal. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but then towards the dying it, uh, end of that uh, quarter, Zerha got up to kick his third. Uh, but we ended that the half um, up by 23. So nine goals, five, 59 to North's five goals, six, 36. Yeah, and it felt like one of those games where it was a bit ho-hum, you know, like mm. we'd done the early work, got in front, but that second quarter was pretty even. I think we won it by about eight points. And, um, yeah, we just I just thought, oh, this is going to peter out, you know, probably end up winning this game by about four or five goals, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I was hoping that, um, yeah, yeah, we'd address a few things and, because we're getting beaten badly out of the clearances, mate. Um, yeah. That was something that was really evident. Um, and as I said, we know Dylan Shield, McGrath, and uh, also you know, Parrish. Um, and even though Hobbs and that are developing, uh, yeah, you could see North had the ascendancy there. Yeah, you could, mate. And um, certainly it started that way uh, in the second half as well when we saw the Zerha launch one from 50. Um, and it looked to be on on target, but Redmond got a fist in to, to rush it through, which I thought was absolutely great stuff from Redmond. Um, North then had another couple of chances, but just couldn't capitalise before finally. Martin used a bit of pace, mate, to uh, get onto the footy, and he gave the hands off to Zerrett, who snapped the goal. Yeah, nice to see Zach get on the scoreboard, and yeah, he was uh, causing a bit of havoc there. He's running really hard, and you know, I take my hat off to Zach Merritt because... Um, he didn't have much support in terms of experienced leaders there uh, in the midfield. Yep. So he took it all on his shoulders and uh, did a great job. He did, mate. Uh, then we saw both sides just scrap in for a while uh, before Stuart went for a mark, um, wasn't able to take it, but followed it up uh, and was able to uh, sort of knock it away. Um, and he uh, he picked it up to handball to Guelphy, who snapped it through. And I thought that was just fantastic. Um, yeah, a few efforts from Stuart there. Uh, but unfortunately, Anderson got one back for North very soon after. Uh, then uh, Zerk Thatcher shut down a certain mark to Larky. Um, you know, he just, again, he, he sort of put his body on the line to sort of, um, you know, launch a fist at it to um, get it away. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Danny Frawley up in heaven to be uh, looking down and smiling at that one. Um, and from there, we, we went forward and Stringer hit two meter Peter inside 50, and he marked and kicked the goal. And uh, Stringer sold some candy there, mate. Um, just <laughs> uh, it was fantastic how you know, he grabbed the ball and just uh, dissected through the north, uh, you know, players buzzing around him, and then just hit up Peter Wright beautifully. Yeah, it's great stuff from uh, from Jake in two meter Peter. And then we saw um, Zeret hit Snelling just inside 50, and uh, Pine called for the footy, but this one was confusing for me, mate, because he actually called for it uh, on the wrong side for a right footer, and yeah. we know he's, you know, he, he doesn't really have a have a left leg, um, you know, when when kicking, and he just he coughed it up, mate. Um, so yeah, a bit bemusing there. He, I suppose his excitement got a bit ahead of him, um, and then uh, as North went end to end again, it was Zerk Thatcher that read it better than um, anybody else. Uh, as the ball sort of floated inside 50, uh, he was able to, you know, at full stretch, mark it to save another scoring opportunity for them. And I thought that was uh, great work from Zerk. Um, unfortunately, there we saw Zerha mark it about 45 metres out to kick his fourth. 
uh, to keep North in it. Um, and that's where we sort of noticed, uh, you know, Menzi had come on. Uh, he was subbed on for Corbell. Corbell had, um, I think he copped a bit of a uh, calf um, complaint. Uh, so taken off precaution, really, uh, for Corbell. That's the word around the street, but hopefully he's uh, he's not too bad because certainly, uh, you know, he's had a great year, Corbell. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Menzi got his chance. Uh, and I thought, uh, yeah, Perkins then showed some nice poise to assess his options when he had the footy and he centred the footy inside 52-metre Peter who again took the mark and kicked the goal. Yeah, and uh, Peter Wright is uh, you know, a good player to you know, have set shots at goal usually. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll talk about one of the set shots he had in the last term. Maybe, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that was a nice kick and another goal. That was his second, wasn't it, in the, for the match? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, well, yeah, was it at that point? Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I think a lot of people have been hoping that maybe Peter Wright might kick a big bag against North, uh, mm. you know, with the added opportunities. But it seemed like a game he couldn't get enough uh, purchase on the footy at times. Um, yeah, you know, like probably... oh, Mackay was monstering him, um, yeah. like at every opportunity. Like it just yeah. seemed to me watching it, Mackay was like under his arms, and uh, he just couldn't, you know. Yeah, get it full stretch with his hands there. So couldn't launch, huh? Yeah, so um no, but it was good he was able to kick that one. Uh, and then we saw Zeret uh you know do the do the team thing and try to hit Menzi for an opportunity for goal, but unfortunately uh Menzi dropped the mark. Um but we ended that uh that quarter uh up by thirty-three. So we'd finished uh, thirteen goals six eighty-four to their seven goals nine fifty-one. Yeah, so we looked like we'd Done enough, mate. Um, you know, to to get a win, but with Essendon, you've got to make sure you see it out. Um, <laughs> um yeah, we don't do the predictable sometimes, but mm. um, yeah, the, we had a quick shot. Uh, sorry, a quick snapshot at a uh, goal, I believe in the first, uh, yeah, twenty seconds of that quarter. Yeah, well, Stringer came steaming through, um, and really he was open inside fifty and could have run in a bit more, but um. You know, Stringer being Stringer, he went for glory, but this time, no good. Um, and uh, our next entry was botched as we got a bit handball happy. Um, you know, just sometimes you're just going to uh, take the responsibility and have the shot. Um, and then we saw, uh, you know, Merritt have just snapped one quickly. Um, it was hemmed in right in the pocket, so just behind there, uh, before Menzi showed some real class to win a 50-50 uh, ball um, you know, just outside 50 and, Turned around to nail an absolute worm burner to Stewart, who marked out in front and kicked the goal. Yeah, there's a bit of class there. You know, he's a pretty dynamic, uh, Joe Menzies, and uh, that was a beautiful kick. And uh, James Stewart went back and kept, kicked his third goal, mate, which uh, was a great return. Certainly is, mate. Uh, we then saw Merritt again kick inside 50. Uh, and we saw McDonald just panic. Um, he was holding Stringer, who... Uh, Got the free and kicked his fourth. So uh, very happy boy, Jakey Stringer. Uh, and then there was a great play, starting with uh, Redmond, you know, who intercepted down back. Um, yeah, in their in their fifty, he kicked to Merritt, who you know released Durham, who kicked a beautiful kick to Draper. I don't know if you like heard that footy um, as he released a kick, James. Just just mm -hmm. a bullet. Um, and Draper took a, a nice mark and. Uh, the ball ended up with two-meter Peter, who unfortunately 
missed a fairly easy kick, you'd have to say. But um, it was a, it was just a great, um, yeah, great goal. Uh, sorry, great, great run of play that I thought, um, you know, showed some good promise. Yeah, it was, and yeah, well played. You know, yeah, really pierced through North's uh, defense, and um, yeah, like I said, he should have gone back and kicked that one, but um, as I said, uh, he expected him to kick those probably ninety nine times out of a hundred, mate. It was just one yeah. of those. Uh, funny ones for him, and uh, whoever it got into his head, he had another behind shortly up. Yeah, I'm on. He marked just outside fifty, and uh, yeah, unfortunately missed that one. But it was good he was still kicking, like t- trying to take his chances. Yeah. Uh, and then we saw Langford. You know, he could have really pumped it inside fifty quickly, but um, you know, he didn't really like any of his options. Uh, and in the end, popped it up to Guelphy. Uh, but unfortunately, that was uh, I was rushed behind. Um, we saw Larky up the other end, um, you know, Mark straight out in front, um, but he missed, so not his not either. Uh, and then Lav um, poked a nice kick inside fifty, and Jones was able to take the take the grab and go back and slot it. So it was uh, good to see a you know, return to some goal kicking form for Harry Jones. Yeah, it was um, good for Harry's confidence too. You know, just to you know keep adding these uh, multiple goals. You know. Mm. Uh, the big bags will come later on, um, but yeah, it's nice to see him get into the multiple goals in games. Mm. Uh, but then um, some... North got a bit, yeah, sorry, a bit yeah. of the footy. They did, mate. Uh, you know, Goldstein got that free inside fifty after Hind got pinged for, yeah, you know, getting a bit demonstrative uh, with the umpire, um, and uh, yeah, Goldstein kicked the goal. And I thought with that one, James, so Hind went straight off to the bench, and uh, you can see. Yeah, um, Rutten, you know, looking at him as if he was going to have a, a little word to him, but Hind just didn't look in his direction. Uh, was, yeah, for mine, it looked like he was deliberately ignoring him, um, which is disappointing because, you know, sometimes, yep, yeah, we all stuff up from time to time, but you've got to cop it on the chin and just go, yeah, stuffed up. Sorry about that. Uh, but to, like that sort of snack of disrespect to me, um, Hopefully it's not. Maybe I've read it wrong. But um... I'll just say if I was Nick Hyde, mm. I was feeling the effects of concussion. I got slammed into the ground. Because yeah. <laughs> he did. He got slapped. Yeah, but um, but you know you, you've got to play the whistle. Um, yeah, true. No, I, I'm being facetious, but yeah. I, I mean like he he did get slammed, and like I can understand why he's a bit dirty that. He then, of course, gave away the free because the umpire mm. missed the missed one. But um, yeah, you're right. You've got to pay respects. That's it. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, then we we stuffed it up again in the back line when when Lav munged a twenty meter pass. You know, just went along the deck, and Coleman Jones was able to kick one. Um, Anderson got a shot too, but yeah, that one went well wide, mate. Uh, <laughs> but he got another chance though. Um, and this time it was Zerk Thatcher again. He got a hand on it on the line to to save the goal. So great work from Zerk. And then we saw uh, two meter Peter. Yeah, it looked to have marked it, but um, yeah, it came out of his hands and it ended up with Hobbs who had a shot, uh, but it hit the post. Unfortunately, soon after though, Stringer marked inside fifty to kick number five. Yeah, and he gave a kiss towards the crowd, mate. Um, <laughs> he catched up one to James. <laughs> <laughs> he'd done his work for the day with five goals and. Yeah, it could have easily been more because I think five goals, three, and some pretty kickable. But um, great, 
you know, he's probably his biggest bag of the year, mate. Um, mm. you know, considering he's missed so much footy. Um, so yeah, nice to see Jake kick five goals, and hopefully he can have a big last month of footy. Absolutely, mate. Uh, and that's basically the ball game. We uh, ended up forty-eight point victors, seventeen goals, twelve hundred and fourteen to their nine goals, twelve sixty-six. Yeah, so as I said, it was um, a good win. Like, you know, games against North for us are never a walk in the park. No. They set themselves for our games. Um, you know, I remember uh, you know, Glenn Archie used to say, we don't even name that club. Um, you know, we just hate them. They're like the, the spoiled brats and we're the, the hard workers. Um, so that's how we've seen uh, over them. But, um, yeah, we gave them. Good touch up and you know, clearly showed we were the better side. Uh, and uh, you know, with so many of our uh, key on ballers uh, missing from the game. Yeah, so good effort from the boys in the walkway. Eight point eight goal victors, rather. Um, you'd always be happy with that. All right. Well, um, we'll set ourselves up for our next uh, next segment, mate. We'll go into our interview with Dan Eddy, and then following that, we'll do our votes. And you're listening to Don's Cast, and today we're very lucky to have Dan Eddy join us, who's a, well, a club historian, would you call yourself, Dan? And, um, yeah, i try to be. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, you've written a number of books. Um, I think I saw uh, one stage, you, you've released like 10 books in about three years, was that, is that about right? Yeah, it did go a bit, it's a bit crazy, yeah, it's amazing <laughs> what you can do when you, when you love what you do, you suddenly can yeah. be... Quite prolific, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, obviously us as big fans of the, the footy club, we're envious of you. You've been able to talk to some of our greatest champions. And uh, I know your first book was about probably our greatest ever player, Dick Reynolds. Yeah. I mean, I I, I, bump, I, I was always a big um, footy history lover just from a young age. So I was, I was reading on, on Essendon but on every club uh, just as a kid. And, and when I was 15, we lived up in the country and mum took me and my three siblings down to the grand final parade in 1996 and heard he had just won the Brownlow. So that was pretty cool. And then um, walking back through the mall and there's this elderly gentleman in a trench coat just sort of walking on his own and no one recognised who he was. And it was the great Dick Reynolds. And I, I rushed up and uh, I wish we had camera phones back then, but I, I at least got a little autograph off him and uh, that sparked my interest in the great man. And um, um, from then on, really, from 15 onwards, I just I was um, fascinated in his life and I just uh, every time I'd go into a bookshop, sorry, guys, we've just got a little guest here. But, um, but, um, but, uh, but when... Um, when he, uh, yeah, I kept looking for a book on him and there just never was one. So eventually in my mid to late 20s, I just plucked up the courage to th- say, well, someone has to write this, so I'll do it. So uh, it, it all grew from there. It was quite remarkable, really. Yeah. And he seemed like, you know, obviously I've never met him myself, but he seemed the most nicest person you could ever run into. Like he had that, like, grandfather, like, you know, look at him, like he would look after you if you, if you were one of his, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And anyone you speak to, you know, you don't get any uh, dirt dug up on the great man. There's, there's nothing, you know, he just lived a, 
very honourable life and you see that through his kids and his grandkids and um, and the era that he grew up in really helped to shape the footy club with Bill Hutchison and John Coleman and those guys and you can see the values that they had rubbed off on the next generation like Ken Fraser and Hugh Mitchell and all those uh, future legends of the club. So um, he, he set a huge platform and it was, um, yeah, that's why he's still spoken of in such revered terms. And, so on the back of your first uh, book, um, what was the reaction like and, and what drove you to go to your next book? Yeah, it was a big book. It was 600-odd um, pages and uh, it's a pretty big uh, task for your first book, but um, Dick had lived such a rich life and with so many amazing stories throughout it that, I, you know, it, it, those sort of guys I think um, need to have it fully covered in that detail. Um yeah, so I finished that, and that was yeah, it was well received, and I had some nice feedback, and I got the bug for it after that, and I, um, so I, I approached um, Peter Hudson, the great Hawthorne man, and um, we started the journey with him because he'd never told his story, and that that only just finished, uh, I'd only released that this year, so um, that was that's the longest term project I did. Dick took about four years, and Hutto took about seven, but uh, in between, I was able to. Tick off a few other ones, including a couple of other Essendon ones. So it's it's just been amazing what doors have opened up since I just took that plunge with with the first book. That's brilliant. And what's um like what's what's your background with regards to following the Essendon Football Club, Dan? Like how, how did you become a you know bathed in the red and black? Uh well, my dad dad bought me a St Kilda jump when I was little, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> fortunately they were struggling in the eighties. So when I started primary school. Um, uh, everyone in the schoolyard, you know, that if you wanted to make mates with the with the young guys there, you, they were talking about Tim Watson and Michael Long and these guys. So I quickly realised if I wanted to fit in, I had to follow a different team, <laughs> you know. So that probably started when I was maybe nine or until then, Dad thought he had me won over, but it didn't happen. And, uh, and then obviously they play in the 90 grand final and then they start to come up with the baby bombers. So after that, a bit of success and the teams talked about and they got so many... Um, players that attract you to the club. Um, I was one over then. They went, uh, Dad was not going to have any luck getting me back. And the boy you just saw in the background, Ernie, he uh, he's now copying the excellent treatment. So hopefully my bribery pays <laughs> off there too. Well, Dan, let me tell you, I've got a daughter. Um, I've got three daughters, but they all barring from the Bombers. But I've got one daughter that's gone to the footy every game since she was four. So well, we, we go every week. And she's never seen us win a final, but I've made her, I've taught her loyalty. <laughs> so she, yeah, yeah. yeah nothing no, else, is, she knows that. <laughs> that. That is the tough thing, isn't it? You can you can lose the kids during a, a barren era because yeah. you, uh, you know, it's not cool to be in the classroom if your team's at the bottom yeah. all the time. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly Melbourne and Geelong yeah. and these clubs are probably going to have a lot more kids than, uh, yeah. than um, say, a North Melbourne or someone at the moment. So success is pretty crucial in uh, winning you over early on or else it can be a pretty long life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing, um, you know, it's an old adage, Dan, they say, uh, you know, never meet your heroes. But obviously, you know, that's been part of course from, you know, writing your books and, you know, being involved in the, I suppose, the docuseries and the interviews with all the players there, which has been absolutely fantastic insight for for us as a fan, um, really enjoyed that. I thought that's been really well done and well supported by the club. But yeah. how's how's that been for yourself, Dan, to actually sit down with you know your, your, your Tim Watsons and and guys like this and you know just chat, chat footy? Yeah, yeah. Now it's been a fascinating 
particularly the last couple of years with preparing for the 150 years and um, I was involved with helping to um, bring the the great documentary to life so that was pretty amazing and you know so I was working with Neil Kearney and and a couple of people at the club as well and we were you know so I got to see how Neil who's a very experienced interviewer and producer how he did his thing which was great to see as well and they they record the interview for the documentary and then walk next door and I'd record the podcast with them on the same day. So, um, so it was a pretty cool experience to be a part of that and to help, you know, just help advise with some historical knowledge and, uh, you know, the, the, the more recent staff members at footy clubs probably aren't as in tune with, um, you know, they didn't, may not have grown up Essendon people or Hawthorne people or whatever. They just, you know, it's, it's a job and, um, so it is important, I think, to have people in the background just advising them on stats and figures and names. And um, so that's been pretty pretty cool just to be a part of that. And, um, yeah, and, and then, um, yeah, the podcast, that was my idea, doing the podcast. And uh, I was I was wanting to get them all filmed, you know, like this, in a way, you know, just so you could see the banter back and mm-hmm. forward. And I think there's times in there I refer to pictures that you can't actually see, unfortunately, but I thought we might have been able to do that. But... Hopefully down the track I can do that. But, um, yeah, the feedback's been really good. And just to sit across, you're right, to sit across from a, um, a Gavin Wanganino I grew up just loving and, um, you know, to, to meet these guys and just realise that they're um, – it is okay to meet your heroes sometimes. They are actually uh, good blokes or, or good women and it's great to actually uh, – be a part of that and and to uh, get some of their stories down on tape because um, and that's that's one of the great things about doing this is you you're getting these stories on tape for prosperity's sake you know like I I got so many unfortunately have, have passed away from that 40s era that I got to interview for Dick's story so I'm I'm wrapped that I've got their stuff on tape you know because um, there's some voices there that otherwise we might not have heard and aside from the famous names but just guys that played one or two games in the mid 40s you know to get their stories as well was was a fascinating insight so mm. it's important i think that we're preserving all this for for future generations yeah. it is very important and as I said um for our club you know we've had so many great players play through it um you know it's a i'd imagine it'd be a great opportunity to speak to them but um have you had an elusive character someone you'd love to have spoken to but you just can't get a handle on where they are or they're not technology driven and they just it doesn't work I've still got to get Mark McCurry to yeah, I, was I, name. <laughs> I did. I was, I was so chuffed that I got to bump into him at the uh, the gala a few few weeks back, and it's the first time I've really crossed paths with him because you don't you don't I don't know if he's no. got any social media presence at no. all. I'm not sure what he does. He's looking pretty good. He's looking fit. So whatever he's doing is working. But I think uh, I think if we could sit down with him, it'd be awesome. And I'd love to sit down with. Um, Leon Baker, but he's based up in Queensland, so it might be a case of doing something like this. And but he, I've just written the club's 150 year book, and I asked a lot of guys to submit letters just to mm-hmm. talk about their time at the club and what you know, so you can pull it out of the book and and, and read the letter. And, and Leon sent me one of them, so I was pretty excited yeah, about that. And, um, so, but yeah, most most are pretty good. I mean, there's the odd person you'd love to interview going outside us, and even like a Tony Lockett or, or someone, but. <laughs> Um, for the most, and a Gary Ablett Senior as well, but yeah, for the most part, most Essendon people have said yes to me, but there's a few that uh, I still need to uh, lock down for chats. Yeah, and and how's your 
what's your method? Obviously, obviously, if you're connected to the club, it's much easier. But you know, obviously, you weren't always connected with the club. How did you go about it prior to that? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the, the club were good with supplying some contacts in the past players. Once they get to know you, they were good as yeah. well. But early days, you did have to. Um, you'd contact someone, you, you know, you'd, you'd get a contact and then that might lead to, oh, mate, you don't have this person's number and it just starts to flow on from there. And mm. certainly once people know the word gets around that a teammate's spoken to you and they've told their teammate and suddenly mm. you're able to ring them and it, it sort of flows on from there. And that that helped me a lot. And yeah. um, But getting those initial ones and, and making those cold calls was pretty um, daunting. You know, mm. I'm not, not the most out outwardly social guy so to actually ring a ring someone out of the blue is a is a challenge but i think yeah. when you when you love what you do you you just um you find a way to get past that anxiety and do it because uh it's worth it once you're there but um it can be a bit um bit of a challenge but i've been lucky you know i mean dick reynolds you'd ring and say that you're writing dick's story and you know people were more than happy to talk about him so you didn't have any issues of you know oh, i don't want to talk about him or i've probably of the hundreds of interviews I've done since, I've probably only had maybe two people that have said they don't want to talk to me. So I've been pretty, pretty lucky. It's amazing strike rate. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done. Um, oh, one player I've been trying to do, uh, you know, and it's a quirky one, Brad Plain. I don't know if you remember him, but, uh, yeah. yeah, he was the, the one with the wall, the long sleeves a lot, and he was so talented. But, he, you know, for whatever it was, he could never really – he'd either have injuries or he'd – be out of form and uh, could never really concrete his spot. But, gee, he was uh, mercurial at times. He was, yeah. I can still – I won't do it, but I could for a long time uh, do a piece of commentary of Dennis Committees, which was on Bradley Plain. <laughs> I can't remember it fully now, but I, so I won't try, even try it. But, uh, yeah, and he, he was he was one of those guys. I think we had we had a few guys in that period like uh, Kieran Spawn and mm. David Flood and Peter Kransberg, these guys that sort of Werner? floated in. and Yeah, <laughs> Mickey Werner. So you had a few that could have, um, you know, maybe if there was less talent on the list, they might have got a bit more of a chance and we'd be talking about them more. But Greg Anderson, these guys that come in mm. and, you know, they've, they've stuck in our memory. They might not have played a lot. Yeah. I haven't interviewed Brad yet, but... He's on my list of people I'd love to chat to, Brad, because, yeah, yeah you're right. There's something, yeah, he's always just stuck in the memory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, he's terribly laconic, and I think that was his big thing too because Sheeds is such an intense person. I reckon that would have rubbed Sheeds the wrong way at times. <laughs> yeah, always marvels, always marvel at what Sheeds was able to do with, you know, look at some of those guys in the 80s and how you're able to bring them together to play all together at the one time in the same Team, you know, Vanderhaar and Harvey and <laughs> Madden and uh, Terry Dano, all these mixtures of um, personalities, and yet he's able to bind them together and do it over a number of years. You know, different again mm. with the Baby Bombers, and then different again with the 2000 team. So mm. it's a that's a, yeah, that's the that's the part of coaching that uh, either makes or breaks you, I think. And he he had the knack of being able to do that. He was. With um, I, yeah. yeah, with the footy um, footy club. I mean, and obviously it's like it's filled with individuals and every individual has their own story. And I imagine there's been a few stories over the time that, you know, either make you sort of shake your head, like how did, like how did that happen? Um, or um, yeah, I guess both good and bad sides, but is there any sort of story that's really stood out to you that you thought um, like it could be a life lesson or it could be just something really funny or like something that's really stood out as um, like I said, 
they were a highlight or something really poignant from you know, I suppose your contact with the club and past players. Yeah, it's different different things. Going way back, I you know we have a we have a really good team in the early twenties, and we have um, it all falls apart because we have this so-called bribery scandal where the players apparently <laughs> played dead for a bit of money and. <laughs> Trying to trying to dig deep into that is um, is fascinating, but yeah, unfortunately, no one's around to answer the questions anymore. So you're sort of left with the myth of did this happen, did this not, and you've only got a few recorded quotes from it. But um, so that that's one that puts us in a bit of a funk for the next um, uh, as an 18 year gap between premierships, which was at the time was our longest drought. So it was a big. Um, it was a yeah. We just won back to back premierships and then um, play Footscray in this sort of special one off game. They're the champions of the VFA and we uh, we don't perform as well as expected. And uh, straight away, even teammates are accusing other teammates of accepting bribes to play dead. And it's uh, you can imagine it today how big it, it's wow, just come yeah. off the back of just come off the back of the big bribery scandal in um, Major League Baseball with the Black Sox, yeah. as they got called. And so it was swirling around at that point. So it's a really fascinating mm-hmm. era that I just wish I could uh, speak with someone about, you know. But yeah. um, um, And then, you know, you get the insides to the Windy Hill Brawl and all the people that started that. Um, yeah, so I've spoken with a few from that, whether, whether they were – part of it or whether I spoke with Des Tudden that was the coach, he reckoned he was off in the rooms he didn't see it but he would have been right in the middle if he could have and <laughs> Simon Madden's in the stands and he says um, he's just starting out and he's just played reserves and he's thinking to himself, geez, they want me to come and play senior footy, this is where you got to play, I, I don't think I can do this. So um, I, wherever I can I try and get those first person accounts because gee, it brings those factors to life, you know, whether it's the John Coleman era and what could have been with his knee. Um, mm. They reckon he could have come back and the club didn't want to cough up for the insurance. So he, mm. uh, he thought he better stick to his pub. Um, you know, you look at that and think, geez, surely they could, could have been, been 100 yeah. pounds or something and got him yeah. back in. The, so yeah. um, I, I love those stories. Yeah, it's um, there's lots of them. And it's each era has their own bits and pieces. You look at the what ifs, you look at Kevin mm. Sheedy's speech after the 83 grand final mm. loss. He just tears shreds off. Um, everyone in the room who sort of celebrating because the reserves have won the flag and Sheeds has come from Richmond where they win every every year almost. So he, he's used to success and he, he doesn't like what he sees. So he tears shreds off them. And I spoke with Greg Sewell, the president, who said that he had no idea that speech was coming and it uh, jolted the room a bit. And, um, and, but so they, they win 84, 85, probably on the back of that because they realise they have to go to another level and be a bit more ruthless. So, um yeah, there's a lot of turning points in club mm-hmm. history, good or bad, um, and I'm fascinated in both. I do try to tell the bad or the you know the disappointing as much as the positive because it all shapes what club we are today. You know, just uh, going on about that um, about that speech after the '83 Grand Final, I was reading um, I can't remember if it may be in Sheed's book. Um, Peter Van, uh, uh, oh sorry, Paul Van, uh, I was saying that. The guys, they went on a pre-season camp and they woke up and um, they stumbled into this room and there's Sheed sitting at the, on this uh, table and he's actually pulling out the commentary of a grand final um, that hasn't taken place yet 
and he's calling out the players who are going to kick the goals, and that's it. That's them win the ground, <laughs> and they just stumbled on in this, and they're going, "Gee, what's this guy been drinking all night?" <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. found it really interesting. Like <laughs> he's like planting a seed in their players' heads, like just that yeah, he had right. that much faith it's... that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he did have faith, and he, he's you know of all the people I've interviewed, you know, to sit down with Sheets has been. Unbelievable, and you know he takes your places. You don't think you're going to go, and it's it's it is fascinating to pick his brain and to be able to work a little bit with him has been pretty amazing. Um, because yeah, as a kid, he was probably yeah. I remember getting his books early days when they first came out, and it was like receiving a copy of the Holy Grail for me. You know, <laughs> it was just this amazing thrill, and then to meet him, and then to get to know him later on, and and then uh, at the gala a few weeks back, um, he received. The, the honour of being the first or the only immortal of the club and, and I got to write the certificate that he was oh, re- wow. that he received. So it was a pretty amazing little, really minor uh, thing on the night. But for me, it was a bit of a thrill given that I'd grown up sort of uh, worshipping the man. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, now, another thing that's happening this year, Dan, um, is like the entry of Essendon into the AFLW, which is um, super exciting. Um, you know, just to think, you know, I mean, honestly, um, I found it hard to engage with AFLW without an Essendon side in there. Um, uh, yeah, I've been following the VFLW girls, and they had an absolutely astounding season this year. Mm. But you know, obviously, with your links to the club and whatever, would you have any plans to, um, you know, look after something there with the inauguration of Essendon's AFLW side? Yeah, it'd be interesting uh, conversations I need to have with the club. Yeah, because what are they going to do to? going forward with, you know, do they want to document the year and, and really get an insight into what it's like on the ground to be a part of it? I've been through the rooms at the club and seen how the, they've uh, built uh, female facilities there and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're as good as some of the long-time men AFL teams, you know, that have been in the system forever. So they're, they're coming in with some really great facilities and the club's, it's no token gesture to, to be a part of it. They're, they're full-on full on into making sure that it's a success. And uh, I think the recruitments we've seen have already been pretty good mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. far. And um, I think uh, I think it's only going to go from strength to strength. Whether the step up first days is, is bigger than we realise, I'm not sure. But certainly the platform has been set with what the girls did this year and a pretty mm-hmm. amazing season, really. So yeah. um, it, it's a one-in-all-in club. So it would be interesting. Like I'm of the belief that they should be playing before the men all the teams should be just mm. it should be the same weekend, you know, play yep. play before the before the men's game, get the get the pre game thing happening like mm. years ago. Um hopefully that happens one day, but um and then then it'll really feel like it's a joint venture, yeah. won't it? But uh, yeah. but um yeah, as a starting point they can't be they've been given every opportunity to make it work from the start. So the clubs uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean we've had we've had amazing women supporters for, for as long as we've oh, had amazing yeah. men supporters, mm-hmm. you know, going right back. Uh, they've always been fascinated in the club. So um, it's always been an, a one-in-all-in sort of thing with Essendon, yeah. I think, going right back into the 1800s. So um, it, that just continues. But now they actually get to celebrate it. And uh, if there any of us have daughters like yourself, yeah. Jamie, uh, they can actually look at uh, playing footy now, which is a pretty bizarre thing when we were growing up and that wasn't even an option. No, that's correct. And I guess, um, you know, we're interested, like, have you got any plans for any other rest of the book other than um, obviously this one uh, 
you know, about the 150th year. Have you got any coming up that we can look out for? I'm hoping, yeah, I'm just speaking with Xavier at the club at the moment just to see if there's a, a couple of other projects I can work on that, you know, might give me some inside access and get a bit more of a, you know, an inside account of what goes on over a season. We'll see what we can do there. we worked really well at Richmond recently. They won the premiership, so it made mm. the book a bit of a <laughs> yeah. thrilling insight. So your timing's all all important, but, uh, you know, it'd be great, I think, to to go inside and, and sort of follow the team throughout a year and see how that goes. So that's what I'm hoping to do next. But, uh, yeah, the 150 book comes out, I think, this should arrive this week, I think. So I'm excited about that because, um, yeah, it's a real collector's item piece, um, yeah. which the club, which you can buy from the bomber shop. But, um, yeah, it has, like, pull-out medals and replica medals and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, letters and different items of memorabilia. So it's a really cool sort of... Yeah, one-off piece to to get your hands on. So that's been to be asked to do that is is mm. it's been a real thrill for me. Oh. Were you able to get um Job's medal back? <laughs> yeah, working on it. Working on it. I, I um yeah, I'm planning a mission to uh, <laughs> Mr. Cochin's house, and uh, I'll just uh, work my way in there. It, it was good. It was good at the gala the other night. Um, a Paul Brasher asked certain people to stand up, and he got Job. To, he got you got uh, the other Brownlow medalists in the room to stand up and they got an applause. And then when they sat down, he said, righto, Joe, stand up. You're the mm-hmm. 2012 Brownlow medalist. And uh, yeah. he got a ma- massive ovation. So internally, we we know he won it and we know yeah. he didn't um, mm-hmm. he didn't do anything wrong. And I, I must admit, I, um, I don't think I would have been running up to receive the the uh, – the, the the medal after it was handed back, I thought that was a bit uh, a bit interesting, but we're all yeah. different, I guess. But I just think you might have just left it and said, no, nah, thanks, but no thanks. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, as certain people, it will be advantageous, um, and I guess that's what they were. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, as I said, uh, you know, if they can make any claim they want. But, you know, we know that Joe is you know, an honest person and so you think that, you know, he did anything disingenuous, uh, you know, very hard to cop, you know, uh, maybe we're biased because we're Essendon, but, I, I mean, Job is like that anyway. It wouldn't matter who he played for. But, um, yeah, yeah, he's one of the most honest, one of the most yeah. honest and admired blokes uh, going around. So, yeah, yeah, he'd be the last bloke that would do anything wrong. You know, one book I'd love to see, uh, Dan, that you cover someday is uh, the, the game that we break the finals drought, mate. I think... Uh, That'll be really telling you, you know, you could go back to the one where we won against Melbourne back in 2004 and just, you know, timeline the, the, the depths that we had to go to to rebound back up. Wouldn't it be great if it's yeah. uh, in the coming years, like maybe in the next year, uh, that would be nice because uh, it's been a long, long time and, you know, my fans of other, or my friends of other teams, they're quick to remind me, uh, when was the last time you won a final? <laughs> and it gets up your goat a bit. Yeah, it makes you feel a bit old when I was. Yeah. I don't know if you guys were there, but I was there. That yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you thought, well, and then we nearly beat Geelong the next the next week. Yeah. You know, and he just yeah. got done there. So you, you look at it and think, how? And I ask guys like that from two thousand. I do ask them, how do you? It must have seemed un, incomprehensible that mm. what happened yeah. in two thousand two thousand one could suddenly be the end of it. You know, like it's yeah. hard to it's hard to put your finger on that, but you're right. There's so many stepping stones along the way and decisions made, good and bad. And obviously, I, I think we were on the cusp of something good before the yes. 
what happened recently. So I think um, I, I felt hurt. He was um, the one thing that coaches need is the the total admiration of the players that they you know they run through brick walls for. You, and I thought he had that. And we had a list building that I think was going to break the hoodoo. I know we got pipped by North Melbourne there, um, which was a game we probably should have won. Yeah. Um, and the couple we got flogged in as well. But um, I just thought, you know, with Goddard there and we had a – the list was really building. They were coming into their own – the right age. And I, I, I wish we could go back and just play that next couple of years because yeah. I think we, we might have broken that that streak and then who knows what might have happened after that. So hopefully this year is a bit like Geelong in 2006 where they went backwards mm. to go forwards, you know, and, and Richmond yeah. did it in 2016 as well. I'm hoping that we've now turned that corner – um, we can get a couple bit more talent in, and um, but we've got some great kids there. So um, mm. yeah, hopefully, there's a book to be written soon, mate, on the <laughs> fact that um, we we, we, broke, we can delete that uh, Twitter of, uh, handle that someone had. <laughs> yeah, <from>. that's twenty six thousand nine hundred. Yeah, um, and like, what do you think of as a fan? So away from the author side, like as a fan, how have you coped with the frustration of this year? Because you know that first half of the year was pretty hard to. To watch, you know, because low scores, we're playing unimaginative footy, I thought. And, um, yeah, it was pretty hard to sit there and, and be patient, you know. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think the shock after what we saw at the end of last year, I think you just thought the natural progression was we we're going to be right in the mix. Um, mm. so I think, and I think even internally, I think that's been the shock, um, mm. from everyone, the fact that we, you know, on paper, I guess, you know, we, we, everything seemed to be tracking in the right direction and the kids, I think, I, I think some of the kids are having those second year blues, like uh, they, they burst onto the scene in such a big mm. way mm. and the Baby Bombers did it in 94, you know, it's sort of, mm. as Joey Mercedes and that admit that it, it did go maybe to their heads a bit and they, they had a good time and then 94 they dropped back and everyone worked them out and I think, Everyone's had that pre-season to look at the Nick Cox and Archie Perkins and these guys and say, "Oh, geez, you know, we we have to work a different way to stop them because they they surprised us last year." And I think that's playing into it. But once we're starting to see some sprouts from Harry mm. Jones now, he, he's he's starting to hold his marks in contests a bit more and uh, took a couple of strong ones on the weekend. Mm. And um, I think now that they've got that extra one and and then next year's pre-season as well into them um, that. Bodes, bodes well, I think, for where we're, where we're going. Um, yeah, we might need to bring in a couple of other big bodies. The, the defence has worked over time. They've had a real crack, haven't they? But mm. maybe undersized at times and, and sometimes the ball movement coming in was pretty fast. So that that uh, didn't help an undersized backline. We would have loved a McCurley out there just yeah. to add another big body, you know. But um, I, I, I see some good stuff. So I, I feel good going forward, but it's certainly... Yeah, when you, I was hoping celebrating year one fifty that it'd just be all bells and whistles. It never is that way, but you just probably thought it's going to be a bit more up and about early, um, and we just we just couldn't get over the line a few times, and and there was a couple of shockers, and suddenly you're behind the eight ball, and then the, everything starts to happen. The media's onto you, and supporters are <laughs> getting a bit agitated, and yeah. Uh, yeah, but thankfully we've we've held the course, and you just get the sense that maybe it's turning. Hopefully, so yeah. yeah. No, lastly, uh, for me and then to you, Nick, um, just, uh, you know, as I spoke about, uh, you've got a Facebook page, mate, and um, under Dan Eddy Books, and 
if the supporters are out there, they can uh, follow your page. Is that correct, mate? And they can actually see whose birthday it is each day uh, you pop up the update uh, of you know, past players and, and current players of, and how many uh, how many games they play for the club. It's fascinating. I, I look forward to it each day. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, and no, that's yeah, Dan Eddie books on Facebook or Instagram as well, and and Twitter too, actually. But um, but Facebook's where most of the content probably goes. And um, yeah, I, I've tried to tried to show everyone the the guys who played four hundred games and the guys who played one game, and you know, just to remind you, right. It, even when I go through, I think, oh yeah, forgot about him. Or <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it is amazing, and I've I've covered the whole eighteen ninety seven to to current you know, VFL, AFL era, and I've tried to incorporate the VFA guys when I know their their birth dates. And um, so it's um, it's been fun. It's been a bigger job than I expected. I thought I'd be able to just throw a few names up and put some birth dates out and that'd be all right. But it's a it's a good hour of my morning. So my, my son's pretty uh, tolerant in the morning when he gets his brekkie <laughs> and then dad's got to go and do birthdays for the next hour. But, um, but it's been good, the feedback. I know some of the past players have said, Thanks, mate. Now we can. Re- now you're reminding us who our mate's birthday when it is. <laughs> so it's it's been good for them too. But um, yeah, and a few. You know, I've had some families contact me and say, "Oh, wow, I saw you put dad's. You know, dad's deceased or whatever, and they you put his name up there." And you know, so it's been. We're really appreciative of that. So that's been really nice to hear that. Um, um, yeah, so uh, it's been good, and yeah, you can follow me on there. And if you, if anyone has any photos or stories they want to share, they can, they can do that. Um, that'd be great as well. And always looking for more information and more photos. I, I try and dig up as many photos as I can. I get access to yeah, a lot of the ones at the club, but um, sometimes there's families or you know there's the odd team photo that's missing over the years. Just here and there, there's so you don't have every player from every year there. Sorry about the noise, guys, but. But, yeah, so you don't have uh, – so it is a bit hard, but I, I've got most of them. But, yeah, if anyone happens to know someone who played or, you know, and you've got a photo, send it through via the Facebook page as well because, uh, yeah, that, it'll just help me to bring the club's history to life more as much as possible, this you know. my dad Right. Sure is. <laughs> now, you've been uh, you've been super generous with your time, Dan, and really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I could talk footy for hours with you, but uh, – uh, being respectful of your time, um, yeah. Just one last question. So, I mean, you briefly sort of said, yeah, I think we've we've turned the corner, and yeah, as as negative as I've been at times uh, over this season, um, I do see that um, we've got a really good bunch of young players, particularly under the age of sort of 23, uh, 24, like a really good list of young blokes coming through. Mm. Where do you see Essen, yeah, over the next you know two three years? Do you reckon we'll break that hoodoo? Yeah, I think I thought this year we'd we'd push it. You know, I thought we'd go close. So that's been the the shock. But I, I think the lessons we'll learn from this year. You know, we're still learning them with the Collingwood game the other day, late in the game when we we probably should have iced it. And uh, lessons like that, I think, will bode well for next year. I mean, we, I'm sure Ben Rutten and team are going to be sitting back watching what Collingwood's done this year and say, well, no one gave them a chance, and they're winning all these close games that we just keep thinking they're going to lose. So that's and they've, they've probably got a couple more senior leaders that have got it done a, a bit more than us. So it's fast-tracking those leaders, I think, is the key. And that's, you know, we want to get to the stage where we've got Luke Hodge, Jared Ruffhead, Jordan Lewis, <laughs> uh, Sam Mitchell, all able to just call the shots when 
chaos breaks out. And mm. I don't know whether we've we've had that yet, and that probably comes with time. And Dyson's probably got to do a bit of it himself. And uh, Andy McGrath's been in and out of the team, but you know, I, I thought he'd probably go to the next level as a leader this year, and maybe that's next year. Um, Zach Merritt's starting to emerge in that that sense. So I, I get the feeling that if this group sticks together and um, the lessons are learnt enough from this year. Um, fingers crossed that uh, it's only a year or two away from that first finals win, and then who knows where we'll go after that, you know. So, um, yeah, good is eating an apple. So my, my parenting's paid off. So, Healthy um, choices. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't happen too often. But, uh, yeah, but oh, no. Nice. All right, buddy. So I think, um, I think that's, the, uh, that's the next step, and uh, – I don't think it's far away. I know we keep thinking it, but it just feels different to mid two thousands or or you know the the darkness of those earlier those few years ago. So something something feels like it's different. I I hope that's not just my and bias saying that. I, I I don't know. I just you look at the the list of kids and you think, geez, uh, there's only the, we're only going to go up because. Yeah. There's some, you know, Zach Reed's played a handful of games. He's going to be mm. fantastic once he gets even this much fat on his body. He's going to yeah. leave a lot of fat there. But, um, he was know, brilliant God, on the weekend in the BFL too, by the way. He yeah, he was. Yeah. Was, yeah. He, yeah. He needs to be playing seniors, yeah. but um, we haven't had a lot of big bodies there. I know we brought Jake Kelly in, but again, he's not a massive body, so he's, he does his role, I guess. But we, Aaron Francis probably hasn't come on, and that would have been a nice, hard. Mm. tough body to have if he could have been in there and then Hurley obviously and then we lose Hooker and those guys so we're, we're sort of playing catch up but as we know with any great era that comes through with like the Hawthorns and that once they get those 30, 40, 50 games as a group together things things go well in the, in, in another direction so I think I think we're on the cusp I, I hope I'm right and uh, yeah next year we might be able to push for a top eight and who knows after that Bertie will sit tight and be confident, AJ. Eh, <laughs> and um, well, I look forward to reading your last book, uh, or your next book. Sorry, Dan. Um, you know the drought is over. Um, yes. <laughs> that will be a great, great read for all us at events. But um, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us today and being so patient and with us. And um, yeah, we really enjoyed listening to you. And good luck with your next uh, adventures. Yep. Appreciate the support, guys. Thanks again for the tolerance. I know it's a bit, bit of a challenge sometimes, but, um, <laughs> but no, I do appreciate the support. Yeah, if anyone has any anything they want to share, just reach out. And um, yeah, happy to hear about Essendon stories or, or see some photos or whatever it might be. And hopefully, there's a few books coming out in the near future. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dan, and have a great day. And you're listening to Don's cast. And, mate, um, due to our interview, we're going to try and uh, smash through the votes. And then we'll go through the by the numbers, but we'll do it in a bit more brief way than normal. Um, some people might be cheering. I can't hear them through my <laughs> headphones. Um, yeah, but um, anyway, let's uh, go straight into the votes. And, mate, you go first. Beautiful. Well, um, yeah, so my five, um, I went one vote for Dyson Heppel, I thought. He uh he showed a you know quite a bit and got himself to places to help out with a shepherd or you know a little handball off here and there and generally used the ball pretty well so I thought he was worthy of the vote. 
two votes I went for Zerk Thatcher, really solid down back. And, um, yeah, he's been really resilient down there, which has been uh, fantastic. So two votes to him. Three votes to Jakey Stringer. I mean, you, you can't complain with uh, what five goals three uh, from a forward there, which is fantastic from Jakey. Four votes went for Zachy Merritt. Um, obviously racked up plenty of the footy, but his boy, he's going inside 50 and, uh, you know, lining plays up around the ground was just fantastic. So four votes to Merritt. And with five votes, I just couldn't go past Mason Redmond. Absolutely fantastic game, both down forward and um, obviously down back, you know, taking big grabs, kicking big goals and, uh, yeah, making some big tackles. So fantastic game from Mason Redmond. How'd you read it, mate? Very similar, mate. Um, five for Redmond. I thought he was clearly the best player on the ground. Um, you know, took a lot of strong marks and you know, used that run that we've been used to. And uh, makes you think, mate. I wish he had played on the rest of the game against on uh, not Anzac Day against Collingwood. Um, yeah. I think we could have uh, could have been a big telling difference. But um, yeah, it gave him five. It gave four to Merritt. I thought you know, the way that he's able to collect the footy. Yeah, he used the ball pretty well with 10 tackles, mate. So that was a really good effort by uh, Zach. Yeah, massive. Yeah. Uh, three to Jake Stringer. He kicked his five goals and could have been more, actually, but he was certainly a, a big difference while we won. Uh, yeah, two votes to Brendan Zach Thatcher, or Brandon Zach Thatcher. I thought he was, again, brilliant. And, um, yeah, he's just been a revelation since coming back into the side this time. And, it's been like what we've been uh, requiring as a key back to hold his spot um, to help Lab out, and I thought he did a great job. And my one vote, even though he made a few errors here and there, I, I loved his run. It's Nick Hind, and uh, I don't know if track run will really, um, you know, be as convincing as I was with my one vote, but um, <laughs> yeah, I thought he, he, yeah, his run was pretty pivotal in us winning the game. Beautiful. All right. Well, um, I'll go through and um, I'll probably just read out the uh, sort of yeah top lot um, that I've got here uh, as opposed to going through everyone that's got votes. Um, so I'll go from 16 votes onwards. So 16 votes apiece to Jake Kelly and Archie Perkins, 18 to Jaden Liberty, 27 to Sammy Draper, 40 to Peter Wright, 44 to Nick Martin, 54 to Darcy Parrish, 57 to Nick Hind, 59 to Dylan Shield, Mason Redmond with a 65, and out in front of Zach Merritt is 81 points. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a long way in front with only three games to go. So, certainly Zach's to lose from here. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been uh, very interesting the way the votes have been going. And, uh, yeah, I think early days, I don't think anyone saw Zach Merritt coming on to be leading by this much, but um, yeah, he knows how to eke out a season, that's for sure. Um, let's go in by the numbers, mate, and as I said, it'll be a bit shorter than normal. Um, yeah, you had Sam Draper, um, yeah, he wasn't as strong in his marking, I noticed on the on the weekend. Um, got his hands to the ball, but didn't quite bring it down. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, obviously serviceable and you know, won a few taps, but um, a lot of taps actually, but he wasn't um, dominant. Not dominant, but I thought he played a solid game, and um, you know he gets a bit excited at times, Sammy. Um, and he's uh, obviously munged a couple off the boot, but I love that enthusiasm that he brings, and obviously the bikes uh, sort of feed off that. So, a solid game without being outstanding. 
player I considered for votes, mate, was Kyle Langford. He had 21 disposals, 10 marks, and he had five tackles also and kicked the two goals. Mm. Yeah, a very um, uh, yeah, solid solid game from Kyle. Much better than the you know, previous weeks where uh, his performances have been lacklustre, um, you'd have to say. Um, so it's a good return to form for Kyle. Joey Caldwell, he obviously got subbed out uh, during the game, um, just after halftime, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, he only had the three kicks and ten handballs, mate, because uh, he does a lot of work inside. But, yeah, it's just an average game for Jai, I thought. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, he does a in and under stuff, so he's, it's not always that noticeable stuff. But he does do a lot of running to um, present options all around the ground. So, um, yeah, hopefully he's not out for too long with that injury. Um but, um, yeah, certainly, uh, yeah, solid game of the night. Yeah, we just gave Zach Merritt best or oh, second best on, mate. And mm-hmm. again, he's been uh, accumulating the footy a lot. Thirty-eight disposals on. Yeah, it's a it's a ten tackles that really impressed Jane. Um, yeah, which is fantastic. So, uh, no, great work from from Zach. Just so consistent all season, I'd say. Yeah, uh, Ben Hobbs got more opportunity in the midfield. Racked up 17 disposals, three tackles. And, um, yeah, like I said, it, it wasn't his best game, but he's certainly getting minutes in midfield. Yeah, and it's just – it's fantastic. Um, he just goes at it like a bullet a gate. Um, so loving, loving his uh, his development, James, and um, he seems to have a lot of confidence at the level, which is uh, just great to see. So, yeah, solid game from Ben Hobbs. Mate, Will Snelling, he still <laughs> can't find his groove. Um, you know, some of his kickings are uh, to be desired. You know, it's not always uh, up to speed. And, uh, you know, he gets plenty of the footy and has six tackles. So, like, he's, he works, his work rate's definitely there. But, um, mm. yeah, he still seems a little off to me. Yeah, it does. And I think, um, you know, while he did get the six tackles, which is great, his tackling technique at times really failed him because he seemed to, you know, almost swing around like a, um, you know, hoop on a stick. Um on uh, on some blokes when he'd go for a tackle and just more or less shake him off. Um so and that's yeah something he's really been known for in the past is his really good tackling technique and I'm sure we'll get back to that. Um so yeah not bad on the night um but uh yeah you couldn't say it was fantastic either. Uh, uh Jordan Ridley, you know another serviceable game by him. Um yeah he's, he always has yeah you know, he's he has more kicks than handballs always because he's Quite a good user, and he had four tackles, which is high for Jake for mm-hmm. Jordan. Um, yep. so he's doing a lot of more hard work, I thought, and still used the ball ball at uh, eighty five percent efficiency. Yeah, another solid game from from Jordan. Um, again, solid without being outstanding. Uh, we know he's capable of much more, so it's sort of funny he's still sort of playing within himself. Um, but he did play a, a you know a good role for us on the night. Yeah, for Jaden Laverde was another one that played really well. Yeah, you know, down back. Yeah, you know, twenty-three disposals, mate, which might surprise a few. Mm. Seventeen kicks, six handballs, twelve marks, and two tackles. So, very good game by Jade. Yeah, it was, mate. Um, he's actually one I considered um for votes, but um, yeah, that, those twelve marks are you know just huge, and um, yeah, to have nine intercept possessions and eight contested possessions, um. Yeah, you know, he just plays his role week in, week out, and he gives up you know, quite a lot of height often. Um, so I thought he uh, you know, battled really well all night. Archie Perkins, uh, first game back in a couple of weeks, um, just the nine disposals, seven kicks, two handballs, five marks and one tackle. So 
Uh, yeah, he seemed a little bit off the sp- uh, off the pace, mate. And um, yeah, I, I think he's just going to work his way back into the season now. Uh, he's resumed from injury. Yep, absolutely, mate. Uh, better for the run. So um, yeah, we'll look forward to him continuing to build. James Stewart came back into the side, kicked three goals, um, seven marks, mate. Um, he marked mm. quite strongly, I thought, and yep. you know, um, yeah, a good addition to our side. Yeah, he was, mate. Um, you know, he's backed up his VFL form. I think he kicked four goals and four goals in the VFL. So um was doing quite well there. Came to the AFL and he's kicked a few. And I thought, um, you know, he, he was marking really well um, and kicking truly, which was fantastic. And I think, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, bash Jimmy Stuz because, yeah, sometimes he does have these brain fade moments. But, um, yeah, I think he does still show a bit. And uh, certainly on the night, yeah, to kick three goals was uh, was a good effort, I reckon. Uh, Nick Hine, yeah, I gave him a vote, mate. Uh, some might say that was uh, fortunate for him, but he had 24 disposals, 20 kicks, four handballs and nine marks. No tackles. I do notice that he does run a lot faster with the footy than he does chasing it, but um, yeah. I think he's usually gassed by the time he has to chase. So I think that's his only out. But, um, yeah, probably only... Uh, yeah, the the ignorance of um, Ben Rutten probably. Yeah, he surely. Do you think he could get dropped for something like that, mate? Nah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't drop you absolutely not. Um, but I think there'd be a, a word behind closed doors. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, he did have a, a decent game, but uh, for mine, those uh, those clangers were just so costly, Jane. Um, you know, really fluffed it on multiple occasions, and uh, you know, to not sort of take responsibility for your stuff-ups. Um, I think yeah, that's, that's a bit disappointing as an older player at the club, Jane. Um, uh, you know, and that's that's just me, I suppose, my my bias on, on things like that. But, um, yeah, like as much as he did show some really good dash, run and carry and all the rest of it, um, yeah, if you're coughing up the footy, um, yeah, you're giving the, the opposition a lot more opportunity um, and you're giving us benefit for mine. So, um, yeah, I, I can see why you gave the vote, but, uh, yeah, I think he had a, an average game overall for mine. Yeah, Peter Wright uh, said he got his hand to the ball, hands it to the ball a few times, but um, didn't drag down. And he, he still took eight marks, which is a bit surprising, but um, mm. yeah, he had two goals and he missed that howler, mate, probably about 30 metres out directly in front, but um, yeah. he might have even been closer than that. But, um yeah, apart from that, he, you know, if that's your bad, bad games or down games, um, he's had a great season, uh, approaching fifty goals for the season. Yeah, and that's a that's a thing, mate. Um, I I thought, uh, and look, let's not be um, yeah, bit around the bush. Mackay is a bloody good defender. Um, uh, you know, Dodoro. Um, if we're asking questions of defenders, um, he's one. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, certainly, I I think. Whitey had a, a pretty tough night, and uh, I guess on nights like that, when you have to battle for everything, um, when you do get an opportunity, he was probably spent, and perhaps that led to his inaccuracy in front of goal. But uh, he still kicked two, uh, took eight marks across the night, um, and actually, I thought he uh, fared pretty well as that sort of uh, chop in and out ruckman um, when needed. Uh, so I thought he had a a, a solid game. Um, yeah without, uh, you know, really starring. Dyson Heppel, mate, went the triple-double. He had 14 uh, kicks, 14 handballs and 10 marks. So 
um, you gave him a vote. And I can see why, mate. A couple of times he turned the ball over, but um, yeah, he, he, he works. His work rate is definitely there and um, he definitely tries to lead the way as captain. Yeah, he does. And I think um, just his ability to get other blokes in the game on the night was was really good. Um, and actually used the ball really well on the night. Went at 92.9%, which um, yeah, for Dyson Heppel, that's, that's pretty good going. Um, yeah, out of 28 disposals, I'm remembering. So, no, I thought he had a, a decent game. So, um, no, well done to the skip. And Sammy Durham, he works so hard. Um, again, um, he couldn't add to his tackle count, mate. It was zero. Yeah. Um, so, that's one thing I know we've kind of said that since his uh, inception into the side. You know, like, yep. one thing I think he's capable of because he's a real workhorse. Um, but he needs to add that tackling technique to really add to his game, but he had eight kicks and 10 ambles and 10 marks. So um, he certainly works around the ground to provide an option. He does, mate. And that's one thing I, I really noticed when, um, you know, with, with Durham, he done so many good good things. Uh, but there was that play when it was either Davies Uniac or Z, actually it might have been Zeeble uh, running through the middle of the ground and you could just see Durham lining him up. You thought, oh, he's going to go for a big tackle here. But he went the bump, um, so the ball spilled. But like, really, he could have had uh, Zebel pinged, um, you know, holding the ball there. Uh, so he needs to really go for those tackles. But um, look, he this is a bloke that will not die wondering for effort, mate. Um, and he, you know, with those ten marks, he showed some really good hands. Um, you know, that bit of speed he put on uh, on the wing, um, and he does have a beautiful kick on him at times. Uh, so. He's got all the attributes to, um, you know, be a really good player for us. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just liking uh, like what I'm seeing from him. Um, Harry Jones, mate, he took a couple of strong marks, mm. hit a couple of goals and you know, even provided a couple of tackles. And that's one thing I noticed with him. He really chases hard on the defensive end. Um, and that really is important from your forwards, uh, you know, when they're not getting the footy, they're still working hard to put, you know, that pressure to keep it in your forward line. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, like he's another one, you know, doesn't um, you know, weren't uh, wondering for effort. Um, he still does need to, I guess, learn to read the game and and all the rest of it. Um, because certainly his his running numbers are fantastic. His ability to mark is fantastic, but he just needs to work out those running patterns that work for him and the rest of the forward line, I guess. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, he's as you say, taking those marks, kicked a couple of goals, um, and. I think it would have been easy for a young player, Jam, after missing that goal against the Pies and you know, went up the other end to lose a bit of confidence from that. Um, so I think it was great from him to you know, line up for those shots, you know, take that responsibility to kick those goals. Um, I thought it showed some really good composure. And I, I think he's going to be a real player for us, mate. So, um, yeah, um, again, another one who's... Uh, Got another game into, under his belt and uh, will certainly, uh, yeah, look to build over the future. Um, Jake Stringo, mate, kicked five goals. Uh, we both gave him votes. Um, it's always good to see Jake, uh, you know, kicking a few goals, but seven tackles, mate, so his work rate was really there. It was, mate, um, yeah, which is great to see. Uh, look, and <laughs> Jake Stringer is just one of those blokes he can kick five, but um, you sort of you might not notice him all the time in the game. Um, it's just you know he's a bit of a 
uh, yeah, a, a strange figure like that. You know, a couple of weeks ago he, he kicked four, and you think, yeah, he's kicked four, but did he have a great game? Whereas anyone else kicked four, you'd go, oh, geez, he played well. Um, so, um, and to add those seven tackles, and he showed a lot of ferocity. Um, I thought Jane. Um, he was just on for the night, and that's the Jakey string we know and love. Uh, and, you know, he said after the game, yep, yeah, it was disappointed to, you know, have, have injury and it's taken this long to get rolling into the footy, but now he's there. Um, we're back enjoying his his best, so hopefully he can, uh, you know, see that out for the rest of the season and bring it into next season because certainly, uh, yeah, we're going to need that kind of firepower going forward. Yeah, uh, Mason Redmond, easily... I thought our best player. Yeah. 32 disposals, 25 kicks, seven handballs, 10 marks, four tackles, a complete defensive game, and a nice running goal, mate. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he brought out the red dog again. So, uh, no, fantastic from Mason Redman. Uh, and what a season he's had, Jay. Great work. Yeah. Uh, Jay Kelly, mate, um, again, he, he works pretty hard down there. And he seems to have found his niche. You know, now he doesn't have to play on. Yeah, you know, what Brendan Zirk Thatcher's doing. Yep. Um, I think that's what earlier in the year that's what he was being asked to do. Now he's playing on the right kind of players, and you know, he seems a bit more valuable to us. Yeah, he does, mate. And uh, one thing I really love about him is he's a niggly bugger, Jane. He <laughs> gets into him all the time. He's. I wonder where he got that from. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? But um, look, he um he does show that. A uh, bit of difference, James, that bit of mongrel that we absolutely need. And um, it's with blokes like Jake Kelly that, um, you know, you, you'd, you'd have to think other blokes walk taller. Um, you know, Mason Redmond and and that, like, he's getting his um, that run back into his game um, because previously, you know, I've, I've felt like, you know, we've been too nice, James. Um, mm. You know, and it's been said by many that we're a very easy uh, team to play against. Well, when you got Jake Kelly in your face all match, um, certainly Anderson uh, didn't enjoy it on the night. Um, we've seen other small forwards not enjoy it on the night. You know, your Camerons and, um, uh, you know, Rankin and, and other guys like that. He, he makes life hard, even though he might not win that contest or that uh, or that battle throughout the game. Um, he, he does, um, uh, I suppose, throw the challenge out there and... Um, uh, I, I think he he played solid, but it was more that role that he offered to the to the team that I think he's um, he's sort of valued for. So uh, no good work from Jake Kelly. Yeah, Brandon Zerk Thatcher again, another great game by him. Um, yeah, he's, as I said, he, since he's come in, uh, you know, his time he's really held his spot, and not just held his spot, become a really important part of our defense. Yeah, he has, mate. Uh, uh, done really well, Zerk. Yeah, obviously gave him, gave him votes and very well deserved of that. So um, no, well done to Zerk Thatcher. Uh, Mac Welfie, yeah, he, he's another one. His, his work rate's immense. Uh, he was able to kick a goal. And, you know, uh, he's not labelled as having any tackles. But, I, I mean, like he was chasing as hard as anyone out there and mm. really put a lot of pressure on the North players. He did, mate. Um, yeah, and... Kicked a nice goal as well. Got involved in uh, in another one where he handed that one off to uh, Stewart. So he's uh, he's actually doing really well down there as that sort of defensive forward um, player there. So uh, liking his work, Matt Guelphie. He's another one who's had a you know quite a good season. 
Yeah, uh, Nick Martin uh, racked up 17 disposals, which was a bit surprising to me. But uh, just the three kicks, 14 handballs, three marks and the four tackles. But, uh, yeah, he's a bit of a link player, isn't he? He is, mate. And I was actually really surprised um, at his pace at times, James. Um, he showed a bit of toe, um, which I thought was really good. Like that one where he came out of the uh, sort of back line, um, you know, to sort of stream past a couple of players. And, yeah, he's on his boys. It was really good. Um, would, would obviously love to see him kick a lot more than than handball because um, he, he can be really damaging with that. But certainly, um, you know, he hit blokes in, in good positions. So, um, no, liked his game. Uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio got back into the side. Um couple of turnovers, mate. Yeah, his kicking can be really good, but a couple of them really stood out to me where he kind of overtook the footy or you know, actually spotted out the wrong player. But um, what did you think of his game? Yeah, it was an interesting one, Jam. Because, um, like, at times, um, you know, he showed some some good vision and, and hit some um, good targets. Other times he might have bit off a bit more than he could chew. But I don't mind that, mate, from a young player, um, you know, taking the game on. Um, I was surprised that, um, you know, we didn't sort of try him up forward. You know, in, in the VFL, we, we trialled him for a little bit up in the forward line as that pocket and uh, people sort of backing his skills there. You would have thought that perhaps, um, you know, at times we might give it a go. But, um, you know, he seemed to actually run around the sort of middle of the ground um, a bit more, so quite a bit of run and carry. So, uh, I'm not sure exactly what his role was on the night, but he, you know, obviously found a uh, found his way into the game. And uh, uh, while he didn't have a you know amazing game, I thought uh, you know getting another uh, another game into him um, is all the better because uh, certainly if he can start using that peg of his uh, to to good effect, um, be very happy with that. And finally, mate, our Medi sub came on, Joy Menzi. And, yeah, he, he certainly was uh, noticeable out there when he got on, seeing the number 47 out there. Uh, hello to Ricky Yellowenshaw. But, um, yeah, he had the <laughs> 10 disposals, five kicks, five handballs, three marks and the one tackle. But um, nearly had a shot at goal, mate, when he, if he hadn't completed that mark. But, yeah. yeah, he was quite dynamic once coming onto the ground. was, mate. And actually, um, there was that cheeky one where, yeah, Guelphie was um, trying to run to the footy and, yeah, Menzi nearly snaffled it to uh to run into the goal there, but unfortunately the ball just sort of rolled out. Um, so he does show a little bit of a little bit of nous um around the footy and a bit of tenacity, which is good. You know, yeah, he got the ten disposals, which is good, but laid his tackle as well. Um, took a few marks. Um, uh, you know, to get it involved in the game a bit, and uh, yeah, who knows what this bloke can um can do? But I thought he um certainly done himself. No, no, uh, sort of, uh, no harm on the night by yeah, getting involved in the game. Yeah, well, we finally got through, mate. Um, and that was a big episode with uh, special thanks to Dan Eddy for joining us. Um, mm. and mate, just to quickly go over, our VFL team had a win, mate. We played North Melbourne as well and got another win there. Um, Michael Hurley got through a full game, which is great to hear. Um, so he's edging closer maybe to a retirement game. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see. I, I've got a feeling if it's going to play out the way I think it will, I reckon he'll be named as sub against the Tigers, mate. And 
there'll be no way known he doesn't get on the ground, put it that way. So, um, yeah, I think that's the way it's going to go at this stage. Um, uh, but we'll have to wait for that to play out. But, that's it. Hopefully uh, he doesn't do a lord and uh, he'll be named Mr. Sub and that's his game. <laughs> well, no, let me... We can do, yeah, last game of the year, we can create an injury, no problems at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Sean Murphy, if he's listening, will probably say, oh, I can create seven. Um, but <laughs> hold my beer, <laughs> but um, no, that's fine. But uh, let's hope, um, you know, we can continue our, you know, good run of form. You know, we played much better style of footy and we played the Giants who look absolutely cooked, mate. Um, even Mark McVay said, uh, of his team, they look like they've checked out. Um, yeah. yeah, that's not a good sign from the coach saying that. But uh, mm. having said that, um, that might spice them up for this week uh, at home. But, um, yeah, let's hope we can pull off another win. And till next week, go Bombers. Go Dons.